As the colder weather peaks its head around the corner, get into the newest limited edition fragrances by Glade and make sure your home has that warm and inviting aroma this holiday season. You can give your apartment or dorm the perfect vibe with twinkling pine and cedar or fall night long. How about setting the mood for your homecoming brunch with glowing pumpkin spice or maybe even the little crisp cranberry champagne for the cooler months? Smell is the strongest sense tied to memory, and nothing makes a good vibe better than masterfully crafted fragrances by Glade. Glow up the holidays with Glade. Available at retailers nationwide. Today's episode of Say Less is brought to you by Nike. For the fourth year, Nike presents the changemakers from HBCUs across the country, including right here at North Carolina Central. Howard University, Tennessee State University, Prairie View A&M, Florida A&M, Southern University, Winston-Salem State University, North Carolina A&T, Hampton University, and Bowie State University, honoring their school's rich legacies as agents of inspiration and change. It all started on the yard. Learn their stories, peep the exclusive Yard Runners-inspired HBCU gear, available now on Nike.com or in the Nike app. We come a long way from the Averex, from the days when we had to make the weight stretch. Now it's Vacherons and all the Marble K sets. You want to get money with me? Say less. Say, say less. Say less. You want to get money with me? Say less. Let's dive right into the music stuff because you mentioned a lot of stories that I wanted to circle back on. Um, but I wanted to make sure we get the academia part of it out first. All right, cool. Uh, y- you mentioned meeting Jay-Z and knowing that y- your price was very, very different after the Black Album dropped. Uh, I think the Black Album turns, what, 25? It this turns 20, 20 years old, November 14th. 20, November yeah. 4th. Oh, my God. I just want to know, did you take back those $50 beats from people? <laughs> <laughs> nah, you know what's funny? In 2006, I did a, I was on a mixtape called comeback season. I was literally just about to ask you about that. They and cut it off. I'm sorry. <laughs> nah, you go want ahead, that go story ahead. first? Or, okay, I can go, go, ahead, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. That was my, that was my follow-up. So my manager <laughs> at the time hit me up and was like, yo, man, you watched the show Degrassi? I said, nah. He said, is this kid on there named Wheelchair Jimmy? And he a rapper. I said, all right. So I got to watch the show. There's this little light-skinned kid in a chair, right? I said, bro, ain't no way he a rapper. There's no way. Like, he don't even got no rapper face. Like, you got to understand. <laughs> now, hear me out. We come from Benny Siegel and Wu-Tang and, you know what I mean? And this dude, hi, you know what I mean? I just, nah, so. I end up meeting him. I used to, I used to, and I still do. I used to be the create one of the creative directors, um, artist development for a, a clothing label called LRG. Oh, and we had a LRG photo shoot in New York, and he just sitting off in the corner, like looking at me, and I'm like, "Who is this light skinned kid staring at me, bro?" And I go over to him. I said, "What's your man? What's up, man? What's your name?" He said, "Drake." And I said, oh, what's up, man? He said, man, I'm a fan, I'm a fan of you. He said, little brother, slum village, like everybody. You know what I mean? He said, I want us to do a song. And we ended up doing a song called Think Good Thoughts, right? The first version of Think Good Thoughts, he cuts it off and he said, shouts to Knife, I ain't paid him for the beat yet. 
That was legitimately the song that made me a Drake fan. Like I heard, right, good thoughts, I heard right. the Degrassi joint. I'm like, he got knife on this joint. I'm like, oh, yeah. and it's fire. I'm like, all right. And so he did the joint, and me and him been straight ever since. But you know, that's kind of like I got a chance to see the origin story. Origin stories is something else, bro. I got to see his origin story. I got to see. I was in Philadelphia at a seafood spot on 4th Street. Coming out, this kid outside cornrows selling mixtapes. I bought, he said, I man, I, I'm selling mixtapes, man, what's that? I said, how much a mixtape? It was $10, I gave him $20 for the mixtape. Cause he was grinding so hard. I said, what's your name? He said, Meek Mill. That was 2010. So I got a, I got a true chance to see what they were before they became. Um, but the Jay-Z story, um, I got to New York in 2003. And this is the, beautif this is the beautiful thing about not having 24-hour access to people. I, t I used to tell my students all the time, don't give nobody 24-hour access to you. Nobody. Get missing sometimes. You know, just, just get missing. You need that time for yourself. You need time to shut off, right? So I walk in the studio and Jay-Z is sitting on the console and Beyonce is laying on the couch. This is 2003. The world don't find out they date until like 2005. I was about to say, six. this is like a couple right? years before, right? So I walk in and see him. I'm like, oh, I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> All right then. And I easily could have, and, and this, there's no way, we had chat boards and message boards. There's no like real time tweeting something and something is out just like that. So I couldn't go and say, ooh, guess who I saw y'all? Or I couldn't go, I'm on live. I couldn't do none of that, it's 2003. But I ended up playing 29 beats for him. He said, I like what you got. Can you come back Monday and make something for me on the spot? I made something for him on the spot. He said my name on the track in the story. From that particular instance, Beyonce watched the whole thing, the whole process. And then that's when she asked me, yo, you know, well, asked him to ask me to come work with them on the last Disney's Child album, Disney Fulfill. And the first joint we did when I got to the studio in Los Angeles was a song called Is She the Reason, right? And then we did Game Over Second. And then the song that became probably still my biggest hit to this day was Girl. And it was off to the races after that, right? But then Mary J came after that and Badu Honey came. I did Honey for Badu after that. And I met a kid here. Well, I met a kid in LA by the name of Kendrick Lamar in 2010. Funny story about that. Kendrick Lamar came here and performed in the fall of 2011. He opened up for Ace Hood. This is what's crazy. And <laughs> <laughs> we love Ace Hood. Yeah, but <laughs> Kendrick opening for Ace. He opened up for Ace Hood. My nephew was going here at the time, and he was performing songs off an album he had called Section 80. Oh, still love that. And the students was just like, 
Like, all right, man. Ain't nobody right. coming here that rapid. Ain't nobody rapid. checking for you, fam. Yeah. That's what it was. Yeah. And I remember, well, let's, let's start here first. <laughs> the student organization at the time, when him, him and his, you know his engineer too, mixed by Ali. Yep, Ali. Ali huh? Him and Ali flew and landed in the RDU. The student organization at the time said, they mixed by Ali said, okay, where are we going? They said, take a taxi to McDougal. I heard some grunts. Is that yeah, heard, heard some Where's McDougal? Wait a minute. They ain't say McDougal Gymnasium. They said McDougal. There's one in the one in Raleigh they went to? No, McDougal Terrace. It's over there. <laughs> they dropped Kendrick Lamar off in the middle of McDougal Terrace. The taxi did. Can somebody Ride. put me on? What's, what's McDougal like? It's the hood. It's the hood. Uh, you, hear, you, you hear the name? I mean, I just <laughs> see that everybody's so voice They got drop. dropped like, off over there. Don't sound like a nice place to I, be. I leave a big dude though. So. They, they did that on purpose? No, no, no. They just said McDougal. McDougal. Uh, so they put him in the middle of the hood. Dropped them off. They walked from They walked. They to walked campus? from they walked from the top of the bottom of McDougal Terrace up the hill, across Austin, down the hill to the gym. Opened up for Ace Hood. People was like <laughs> So they put their life on the line. And say call and so they called me. My nephew called me and said, Unk. I'm standing beside Kendrick Lamar. He mad. I said, put him on the phone. <laughs> we get on the phone. I said, what's up? He said, big homie, man, get me out of here. I said, okay, what happened? And he told me the whole story. And so they end up, my nephew and his homies brought him to my studio in Raleigh. And he walked in. And the first rapper he walked into my studio is met and met was my artist, Rhapsody. And they did a song together then. But then they did a song together again on To Pimp a Butterfly called Complexion. Yeah. Um, but yeah, man, origin stories, man. Just the seeing just the, just the, the beginnings of artists. And I tell Central students this all the time too. Y'all get into artists early. The reason why you should is when you want them for homecoming you don't have to pay a big bag. <laughs> I booked Drake in my college when I was a senior two, year. Yo. $7,000. In 2016, I was teaching here, mm. and they came to me and said, who should we book for homecoming? This is January 2016. And they were trying to figure out where they're going to book for fall 2016. I said, okay, I'm going to tell you who you should get. Y'all might not know a lot of her music, but you will get her now. I wrote three words on a, I wrote three letters on the board. S, Z, A. We don't know who that is. You got the $500 phone, you can't look it up? <laughs> look it up. Look her up, see who she with. She was, she was signed to TDE, yeah. she with Kendrick and them. She probably cost about three, four thousand dollars now. Yeah. Get her now. And the pen was working back then too. Exactly. She was, she was writing for your favorites. Exactly. She yeah. wrote she wrote um Rihanna. The anti-album for anti -album. Rihanna. Uh -huh. I said, you need to get her now for she pop. Yeah. Nah, we want somebody we know. Wait, what that mean, bro? <laughs> if you don't know, get to know them. You got your phone, get to know all their music, and I promise you, they will never forget the people who love them first. Yep. Always be first to the party. They didn't get her. That summer control came out. 
They came to me that fall. You think you can call? Nope. I can't nope. call, LaFan. Nope. I can't call. So that's the always get in early. Pass music, anything. Yeah. Always get the stuff early, man. So one thing I want to ask you before we hand the mic off to the to the students and see if they want to ask some questions is, um, you know, I feel like talking to you is so interesting and unique because you have such a unique and interesting career path. And I think especially college students, especially freshmen right now, and you mentioned it earlier in the talk, it's okay to not really know what you want to do Absolutely. quite yet. Right. But, you know, I know everybody in here uh, has – their safe major that they want to do. <laughs> and then they got that thing that is in the back of their head that keeps them up at night and be like, man, if I could pop off doing this, you know what I'm saying, life would be wonderful. You have seemed to have done that. Um, what is the best advice you can give to not just the kids here, but anybody watching this about not just chasing your dreams, but also making sure you're, you're taking care of the school, taking care of books and, you know, also, also not serving the community. Oh, that's <laughs> <laughs> Lots of stuff. I mean, a lot of us came to school because moms and pops wanted us to. I mean, and friends too, you know, if, depending on what your friend circle was, if all your friends were going to school. And you're able to do both. You're able to do the work, but you're also able to do the passion too, right? Um, the crazy thing about young, youngers, and we were young as well, we don't know how much time we got to that time is gone, right? I hear a lot of young kids say, I ain't got no time. You married? No. You got kids? No. You in a relationship? Nah. Where your time what you mean? Going? What you mean you ain't got no time? <laughs> you wasting time. If any, like, you have all the time in the world now to do everything, because you don't want to get on the other side of 40 and trying to find time to do things that you love, right? And so this is the best time to get it. This is the best time to go for it. Whatever dream that you have, whatever. And I know it sounds cliche or whatever it is, you know. But try to make that strive for your passion when the only person you have to be responsible for is you. Because once you're responsible for a spouse, some kids, it changes. It changes when you you know, living for other people as well as yourself. But if you're just living for yourself and the time is now, get it now. A lot of students, they say, man, I can't wait to get out. There's seniors. Any seniors in here? Listen to me, seniors. Listen to me. <laughs> I can't wait to get out of here. I'm just tired of school. Six months after school, I don't like being an adult. I can pay bills. <laughs> Here come you know the bills. Mean? Here come the bills. Here bills come real stop. life. Yeah. Here come real consequences. Here come real life. Here come real consequences. Yeah. We don't understand how much North Carolina Central is a bubble till you leave this bubble. And I tell seniors, look, go to school as long as you can. If school is your thing, go to school as long as you can. Go to school so long, they start paying you to go to school. <laughs> like, be a lifelong student. Like, look at it. Okay. Let me ask you this. How old are you? 41. Okay, all right, all right. <laughs> all right. They like, damn. Yeah, you damn. So don't let the fool you. Don't let them fool you. You old in the mug, dog. Thank you. Damn. And for everybody in their 40s in this room, 
everybody in their 40s in this room, if they pay you $200,000 a year to go to adult college, they have houses on campus, and all you had to do was go to school and learn for $200,000 a year, would you do it? Yep. Absolutely. <laughs> yep. Parties on the weekend, master chef in the cab. Mm -hmm. What? I ain't got to pay. You ain't got to pay no bills. Only thing you have to do is keep up a GPA, and we'll pay for you two hundred thousand. <laughs> oh, that's day. what a lifelong some lifelong students get. That they just learn for the sake of learning. And I got a, I got a couple of friends. They like late thirties, early forties. I'm like, well, yeah, man, man. I'm in Barcelona now. Spanish. What? Yeah, I'm just, just getting picking this, up a new language. I'm just getting this new language. You know, they paid me to go to school, so I'm over here. What? That's what it is. And I think we try to fight to get out of here so fast that you fight the rest of your life trying to come back here. So you can do both. The the music nerd in me would, you know, I can't allow you to leave the stage before asking this question. Uh, you got to tell me one of, if not the best session you've ever had or been in, been involved with. It's either the Jay-Z session or that Destiny's Child session. And I will also say the Anderson Pack session. Like seeing how fast Anderson works was amazing, right? It was amazing. Um, but you know, when you say session, that's the music side. But I also, something we haven't talked about, I have a basketball side too. So, I'm always, I love to learn from masters of their craft, whether it be a Jay-Z, whether it be a Beyonce, or whether it be my great friend, Coach K, right? And just to sit around and watch him break down plays and sit around and watch him talk, talk to his, his players, who were a lot of my students. I probably, over the last 10 years, have taught 25 draft picks, so, to see how he corrals egos and to see how he talks to students and see how he talks to players. I learned a lot from that too. But as far as music is concerned, nothing beats that Jay-Z session, nothing. I feel like everybody has stories about watching him quote unquote write. And yeah, he doesn't. You know, he doesn't write. He doesn't use paper. <laughs> right. He yeah, does, he doesn't use paper. What, what is, is does he like go into like some Rain Man thing? That's like what we, call, they, we call it the Rain Man. Yeah. He, he goes, like a beat can play, he'll be watching TV and you'll just see his mouse in. No paper. So the God did verse, right? Just to give you perspective, that's 80 bars. And that was one take. Yes. That's an 80 bar verse, right? And just to, just to know that he did that, to know that he recorded half of the blueprint in a weekend. He did the Black Album in a month. Like Some people take two, three years working on albums. He did the Black Album in a month's time with no paper. Yeah, that, nah, that's, nah. And, and <laughs> you know what I mean? You're saying he wrote stuff like, when a gun is tucked, untucked, nigga, you die like nunchucks held by the jet L.I. I'm the one not meaning no one must try. No two, no three, no four. Know why? Because one four or fives might blow your high. What? You wrote that with no paper? That's different. That's all right. That's different. And he got a million of those. You know what I mean? Just double entendres and wordplay and stuff like that. 
with no paper for an entire career is crazy. And that time was very, very competitive because there's like, what, 13 producers on that album? Yeah, it was me, Pharrell twice. Just? Just. Twice. Twice. Just did December 4th and um, public service announcement. Quick. Quick did Justify My Thug. Kanye did. Lucifer. Lucifer and Encore. Yeah. The Buchanan's did What More Can I Say. Yeah. Timbaland did Dirt Off Your Shoulder. Eminem did Moment of Clarity. Mm-hmm. That's the so album. like that that class right there. Yeah, that's the album. Yeah, ridiculous. Nah, and and Pharrell did change clothes and allure. Yeah. Uh, on on the you mentioned your your best sessions with 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 legendary coaches, rappers, but you also share studios with other producers too, and incredible you know people who make great drums. Doctor Dre. That's what I was gonna add. I was gonna say Alchemist. Like I would Dr. love to hear about Dre. the Alchemist stuff, but talk to me about Dr. the Dr. Dre, Dr. Dre sessions, Dr. man. Dr. Dre, man. <laughs> um, people always say, as a producer, you are you are defined by the artist that you make. You can make beat after beat after beat. You can make work with this person, that person, but the artist you bring to stardom, that's what makes you as a producer. And there's no other producer ever in the history of hip hop music. He's responsible for Snoop, Eminem, 50, Game, Kendrick, Anderson Pack. Bruh, that's a lot. And NWA. Even if you take the albums that he produced to his entirety or executive produced, Straight Out of Compton, The Chronic, Doggy Style, The Marshall Mathers LP, The Slim Shady LP, 2001, 2001 The Documentary. Get rich or die trying. And what was the what was the debut? I'm, I'm good sure. kid, Mad City. Good kid, Mad City. Good kid, Mad City. <laughs> like, come on, man. Like that's I mean, just watching him just just maneuver and master sound like that and mix and the things that he hear and he's the he's the greatest rap producer we've ever seen. This is this is what I love about Say Less because I, I love just being able to talk with masses of their craft, people that are passionate about their 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 art and just learning stuff that I didn't think I, I would learn from from the, from the horse's mouth. So I just want to thank you for that. But one thing we never really get to do in the podcast is have a crowd and ask right. questions yeah, and, and, and get folks on. So um, if there's any student here that would that would love to ask a question tonight, if we got a microphone right here in the middle, uh, I'll let whoever gets brave enough to get into the microphone first go ahead and ask. But while while we're waiting for people to come in, I think another question that I'd, I'd love to hear about is, you mentioned those those Destiny Child sessions and Beyonce sessions, and just noticing the way Beyonce works um, is funny enough, I guess underrated in your eyes. Because machine, people, she's a machine. Fam. She, she, it's like machine. I, I, I think the NDA thing has passed. Uh, <laughs> the one the one time I was ever in the vicinity of anything Beyonce like. I think the one thing I came away with was remembering like, yo, she's been trained to do this. Yes. For since like she came since out the womb since a kid. doing this, yeah. you know? You got to see that full and live and living colors with Destiny's Child for their final album. Talk to me a little bit about, you know, I guess the thing her process. I guess the thing for if you know, for sis is um she it's her drive and determination. I think that's the biggest thing that people really don't see, you know what I mean, that she has, is drive, determination, 
It is just the effort to be better and do it over and over and over and over and over. When we were recording the Destiny's Child sessions, me, Kelly, Michelle, and Randy from American Idol was in the studio. And, 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 That's and, random. And, I'm about, I'm about to say, what you mean, dog? And the homie, dog. he and them, a lot of dogs. A whole lot there. of dogs. <laughs> and my homie that we wrote, wrote the song with, um, Sean Garrett, the mm. pen. Legendary pen. Yeah, absolutely. Mm -hmm. And we in the studio, man, and it's five in the morning, and we gone. <laughs> and she's singing to the top of her lungs, man. Ain't slept. And then I'm like, yo, I'm woken up, waking up. I'm like, girl, like, you going home and go to sleep? She's like, nah, I got an interview in a little bit. And I'm like, man. And this is 2005. She might have had one solo album. I think it was four. Just yeah, at yeah, that, yeah. At that time? At that time. Yeah. She, this is she was the, like she was Beyonce already, but she still wasn't. She wasn't so she's yeah. still is trying to get it, trying to get it, trying to get it, trying to get it. So while people may see the Renaissance tour and all that, I'm just seeing this is what work is. This is what constant work is. To sing and dance at the same time. I don't think people really understand how hard that is for hours, for city after city after city after city. Level of cardio you need. Guys, make some noise for the legendary Ninth Wonder real quick. Thank you so much for this incredible conversation. Appreciate the time. Appreciate everything.